It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Uh, joining us right now by uh, Zoom chat is the Glad Trad Podcast. Uh, Jordan uh, Pacheco. I want to say this, Greg. Jordan Pacheco. Did I get that right, Jordan? Yep, that would be absolutely right. Praise God, I got something right today. I feel good about that. <laughs> Jordan Pacheco and Rodolfo Carlos. Good morning to you, Rodolfo. Good morning. And did I say your name correctly? You did. <laughs> a two for two. I feel good about hey, this. It happens every once in a while. Every once in a while. We're going to have a great conversation here. And so the, here's the thing. In this twenty in the 2020 year, which is now behind us, 2021 is looking so much better, by the way. Um, 2020, we saw a, a huge push even to the traditional. I, myself, my family and I, we obviously uh, started to go to a TLM on a regular basis. And we are growing more traditional. But there's a whole trend among young people moving to the traditional. Why is that? Why? What is it about the tradition of the church that seems so attractive to uh, to younger people? That's the question that I wanted to have a conversation around. And we invited the Glad Trad podcast, Jordan Rodolfo, to be a part of the program. Good morning to both of you again. Uh, good morning. morning. Thanks for having us. Let's start, uh, before we jump into that, tell us about the Glad Trad podcast. I've heard of Mad Trads. I've heard of Rad Trads. I don't think I've ever heard of a Glad Trad. <laughs> tell us, what is, what is that supposed to mean? Yes. So uh, the Glad Trad podcast, which Rudy and I founded, is supposed to be highlighting the kind of more positive and, uh, and exciting changes in Catholic traditionalism and orthodoxy. As you said, there's a lot of young people. There's a lot of Catholics who are kind of rediscovering discovering the traditional practices of the church. This often means the Latin mass, uh, traditional forms of piety, ember days, um, all those sorts of things. And so Rudy and I both uh, had our faith rejuvenated by the attendance of the Latin mass and, uh, and also just a kind of an in-depth dive into young uh, Catholic culture that comes with it as well. So besides just all the kind of the great theological or the great uh, sort of uh, traditions of the church, we also highlight cool changes such as uh, pipe smoking, which is research into Catholic masculinity <laughs> and memes, which is yeah. all over the trad community. So a bunch of fun, too. We're really happy doing it. And where does one find the Glad Trad podcast? Where's the best outlet to go to? We're mostly on YouTube, uh, but we do have a small presence on uh, Instagram as well. Uh, but you can actually find us on any streaming platform uh, that carries podcasts. Wonderful. Praise be to God. I hope our audience will check that out. Plus, I think we can post links to their YouTube channel, maybe, or their Stitcher. I've got their Stitcher up in front of me as well. So plenty of ways to connect to the Glad Trad podcast. You should check that out, dear listener. Uh, let's have a conversation. Let's dive into this. Uh, you know, I, I've often uh, uh, chewed and meditated upon uh, especially St. Paul's words in Second Thessalonians, to hold fast to the traditions that we have handed on by either word of mouth or by letter. I've, I've I have chewed on that verse so many years. I've used it to defend the Catholic teaching on tradition so many years. And, and more recently, I've realized its context, its greater context in light of the great apostasy and the rebellion in the church, uh, as St. Paul says himself in that very chapter. But I, the, the thought, as I personally grow more traditional, having not grown up that way, I was a Protestant growing up and coming into the church and, and not really understanding the traditions— the thought occurred to me is what what does it mean to embrace the tradition of the church? Like, um, I don't even under fully understand exactly what does it mean. What is the is it just the TLM or is it more than the TLM? And if if so, what is the more in the traditions that it seems so many young people now statistically are being drawn to? What say you, Jordan and Rodolfo? 
Extreme good question. Let's go this morning. Uh, I'd say, again, it's kind of adhering to the sort of cultural and theological roots that made for authentic Catholic culture in the past. So it's more than just a traditional Latin mass. Although, as you'll see with the TLM, there are just these profound roots that are that are embedded that I think that we've lost in a lot of translation as we've as we've kind of experienced in Novus Ordo. And so from there, of course, it's talking about, say, uh, turning from something like the Novo Theologie back to, to more authentic Thomism. It's an embrace of, of Catholic education as not just so much as a, as a genuine rival to public education, but as a real serious approach to classical education. It's understanding that, that the church uh, binds and looses, uh, not for our, just for the heck of it, but really to, to authenticate and unwater our souls. So there's just a whole underlying background of uh, music uh the the entire underlying roots of what sacred music means like it's not just if you have a voice you can give it to praise god but it's a, a real confined and really wonderful uh, tradition again uh, inside the church that has spread throughout the centuries so there's a lot of movements that have had that are going on and especially in a world where so many young catholics especially are just yearning for truth and authenticity uh, that orthodoxy keeps rising to the top above uh, other sorts of things in the church now i'm just curious rudy and jordan were you both raised in the traditional form of Catholicism, or were you raised in more of the newer, modern version? Actually, I was uh, I was raised in the Novus Ordo, but um, my parents, most of my family weren't really practicing. So I sort of came into the church at a later part of my life. I was around 20 years old, and I wanted to finish my, uh, my sacraments of initiation. And afterwards, uh, maybe about five years after that, I discovered the Latin Mass, uh, thankfully through Jordan. So you're responsible for his troubles, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I was that. I was that. I was that one kid in the in the young adult group who went Latin, and then would kind of like sneak back in, be like, "Hey, y'all should come with me sometimes." There's right always the one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that was Jordan. Well, uh, let me give an example of what I mean by you know learning as I go and and being surprised by what I learn. Again, I was raised a Protestant. I became Catholic in 1998 and just to get married to my wife or 99. I got I came into the church so I can check a box and get married. I had a mystical encounter with Christ that changed my life and then I went on a wild ride. And I still did not know the traditions of the church or understand why I should even care. But yet the other day, uh day before yesterday, I was able to go to a traditional blessing of holy water and salt that mm. blew my socks off. I mean, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. It was epic. It was my whole family uh, was just uh, drawn into this. This was our first one ever. And we were just like, this is amazing. This is so incredible. And the place was packed. I mean, there was just yeah. young families everywhere. Kids mm-hmm. are everywhere. So, uh, again, what do you think? Why? There's statistically the the traditional parishes are are growing at a, quite a clip. Uh, again, what is so attractive to young people who've never experienced it before? I'm an old person. I hadn't experienced it before, but I'm attracted to it. Why the young people? You know, and part of part of uh, my my liking of converts a lot of times is that you guys have to really fight to come into the faith, Joe. I'll just say right off the bat, where us yeah. as cradle Catholics, 
we more or less were supposed to inherit the kingdom, so to speak, and we either kind of broke the toys or we never knew that the toys existed. So I think for yeah. a lot of young people, we've grown up, uh, most of us, like I'm a, I'm a cradle in the Nova's Ordo, and there just comes a point where we're not being fed, where it seems like we know that there's this ether of thousands of years of church tradition. We see the saints, we see how they dressed, and we start asking questions. Well, what did they, what did they write? What did they actually teach? What did they believe? What did they go to? And so I think that for a lot of people going into the traditional Latin Mass, they find a solid foundation that feels like like the church has not started flirting at times with the kind of the spirits of the age, you know, they, mm. they realize that, that the church has a sort of authority and whether people listen to it or don't listen to it, it's one thing, but, but they realize that the priests are, are, are oftentimes, uh, they're very masculine and they're very out there about their orthodoxy. They're not obscuring it. They're not trying for the sake of, of, of uh, over, over uh, emphasis on, on the bad fruits of, um, of, of human charity to, to make bad theology or something like that. And so uh, going to the Latin Mass, you realize that it's okay to want to have that family life. It's okay to want to cultivate that real relationship. I'm in pre-Cana right now. Um, what it means to be a husband and a father, what it means mm. for my fiance to be an authentic Catholic woman mm. and mother. And I think that there's just a lot of hair being let down because we no longer have to kind of conform to the ways of the world and kind of navigate this world of Catholic, but still making sure that we can still be part of the world in a, in a kind of a, an incorrect relationship. The other thing also is um, the externals of, for example, the new mass. We're taught very early on as you go into into the, uh, uh, for example, like um, um, I always forget the word, but a uh, program where you learn more about Catholicism. RCIA. RCIA. Yes. So you're you're in RCIA, and there's a lot of discussion about tradition and what the, the church teaches. And then you go into the mass and um, not to speak too broadly about every single mass, uh, Novus Ordo mass, but the externals don't really match what is being taught. So you, you hear, oh, okay, well, Jesus is truly substantially present in the Eucharist. And yet there's all kinds of novelty around it. And so I think young people really are longing for authenticity they're looking for for something outside of novelty they're mm. looking for something to graft onto and tradition is really attractive and thankfully uh, because a lot of people are interested um, more organizations and uh, just diocesan priests are offering the latin mass and they're seeing record numbers coming in as you mentioned i mean even for yourself and for jordan and i we're relatively new to tradition so uh, we've been able to see uh, the big growth. Uh, Jordan and I uh, attended, Jordan lives in Colorado now, but I still live in Los Angeles. But we we attended, um, and well, I still attend actually, the FSSP here in Los Angeles. And it's a really a relatively new apostolate. And uh, we just have seen the explosion and have been a part of that growth. And really, we're, we're seeing so much, uh, so many people come in. It's incredible. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. I was looking at the uh, – a lot of my friends actually attend the fraternity parish here in Houston, and I thought it's super interesting because this group of friends that I have, I have, we have one guy who's a former pagan. He was Hindu, and he converted to Catholicism. Mm. We have wow. another guy who is a former Muslim, converted to Catholicism, a couple cradle Catholics, a lot of Protestant converts, and we all have gotten together and just like bonded over the, uh, the traditional form of Catholicism. And like Joe was talking about earlier, it doesn't mean just the – the mass. I mean, the mass is important, but it's the entire piety surrounding it, like fasting and abstaining from meat on Fridays, that kind of thing. Um, we desire to work hard at 
at our faith. We want, want it to not just be something that we do on Sundays, but it permeates through our whole lives. And I feel like right. that's been lost in a lot of places. Um, we're talking with Jordan and Rodolfo from the Glad Trad podcast. We've linked to their podcast over on our live video feed at facebook.com forward slash GRN online. Check that out. Um, but they're on YouTube. You can just search for them for Glad Trad. They're also on Stitcher and iTunes and the rest. Uh, you should check them out and listen to some of their podcasts. Become a subscriber. That'd be awesome. We're having a conversation around traditions in the church and why, especially young people, are drawn. And the, the reason why I focus on the young instead of old people like myself is that uh, you know where the youth are, there's the movement, right? So the question becomes in my mind um, that is the future of the Catholic Church uh, here in America at the very least, but I imagine similar trends are all over the world, uh, is the future of the church here in America more traditional than it ever has been in the past? Uh, either one of you want to comment? Yeah. Um, so I think especially in the age of the coronavirus, we can actually just see this manifest just by pure attendance alone. Um, as we've seen a lot of uh, parishes, unfortunately, close down, whether by their own hand or by you know the hands of those higher up to them, a lot of traditional parishes have just also just remained open. So many Catholics who've never understood the Latin Mass or never would have set foot in one are just exploding into these parishes. And many of those families are realizing, oh, wow, this is actually a very deep approach to Catholicism. Um, and so as you see, not just Latin Mass, but of course, uh, Eastern rites and these things become more interesting. You do see this kind of turn of tradition. And I think, again, a lot of it just has to do with authenticity. And for me, I, I do think that there's a there's almost a tale of two churches sometimes. There, there are priests and bishops, good uh, priests and bishops, who really emphasize the importance of the sacraments, the importance of salvation. And uh, they exist not just, of course, in the Latin Mass, um, but they, they certainly are adhering to tradition even inside the Novus Ordo. Um, and then, of course, we've always had wolves in sheep clothing, and we do have bad priests and bishops who, mm. uh, for the sake of false charity or the sake of the lack of supernatural faith, have decided that, uh, that they would wreck everything inside. And so I think that Catholics now, more than ever, are kind of seeing a distinct choice between uh, authentic approach to the faith and the sort of falsehood that we're all supposed to sometimes pretend doesn't, doesn't always exist. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think so, you, too. Oh, oh go uh, ahead, Rudy. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that that Joe asked a very uh, good question because um, I'll never forget the first time I actually went to the Latin Mass. I I was re recalling uh, or recanting to my my wife the other day that uh, the first time I ever went, I texted her immediately after and I said, "It's crazy! Literally, all of the young families are here," and um, <laughs> it's it's true. It just continues to be true uh, wherever wherever you go. I was just in Colorado uh, about a week ago and um, the families there are relatively young. And I think, I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head there. I think the, the future is traditional. All of the young families are there. Emily? This is true. Yeah, that's right. And they say if your church isn't crying, then it's dying, right? Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. So I also <laughs> are will... you trying to talk about my son crying at mass all the time? <laughs> I <laughs> cry at mass. Why did you look at me when you said that? <laughs> wow, take him outside. <laughs> uh, so I also will never forget my first Latin mass. I I had no idea what was going on. Couldn't understand a word. And it was after I I went like after the gym, so I was in workout clothes. It was very embarrassing. But <laughs> so. A lot of the question that people have is why Latin? Latin's a dead language. We don't know what's going on. We can't understand it. Why are young people so drawn to a liturgy where they don't understand what's going, at least initially? That's a great yeah. question. Um, 
you mentioned Latin being a dead language. That's actually a really good thing because because of it being dead, there can't be any new uh, additions to the language itself. And so therefore in the liturgy, it has uh, a more uh, permanence that you don't see uh, today outside of the Latin mass. Yeah, there's I, for me, I think that there's there's just a profundity of of again, there's a melding of the theology that we all know and seeing mm-hmm. it in action. So um, there's this desire for everything to be comprehensible. But we know, especially as we get deep into our faith, that uh, just as Saint August Augustine wrestled with, mm-hmm. uh, the more that we try to comprehend God, the, the you know the, the the wider and deeper He will always seem. And I think that there's a surrendering of the of the will, a surrendering yeah. of the faith that's more manifest, or at least opens the door a little bit differently when you're not having to understand every single word, but you know that that language is set aside yeah. and that it's sacred. And Latin is yeah. is one of the languages that were that was on the cross. It, it's one of the language of the church it's uh and it's beautiful and it's cadence and it's rhythm and it doesn't have to be changed so it it has lived throughout the centuries where we've seen changes all throughout history with with all the other vernacular languages we're talking with uh jordan and uh, i'm gonna say rudy from now on since emily already let the cat out of the bag Uh, jordan and rudy from the glad trad (laughs) podcast about traditions in the church and you know uh, in my own experience i've been i've had the privilege of going to mass and in the Vatican, and so I've heard Mass in Italian, I've heard Mass in Spanish, I've heard Mass in Portuguese, I've heard Mass in several languages, and, you know, and I generally know where I'm at, even though I don't understand any of those languages, I generally knew where I was and could follow along and felt the solidarity of the Holy Mass and being in communion with the community in the process. I felt that, it's true. But the one thing I, I noticed when I started to go to a Mass set in Latin was, we are all on the same page. We are all, every human being, and no matter where they come from, we're all on the same exact uh, page here. And it's the language, uh, uh, I, w- I don't want to say the official language, because I don't actually think it is the official language, but it is, it's, oh, yeah, fair, yeah. By, by default, I think it is the, the official language of the church. Encyclicals are produced in Latin, for instance. Uh, the Latin Vulgate is the text that bases all of the translations. Uh, so uh, it, it is the the glue that binds in some way. And I've always found that super fascinating. But the, here's another thought. Just the other day, I mean, literally two days, three days ago, Father Mark Goring of the Companions of the Cross put out a video on his YouTube channel. Now, he is a charismatic priest. I, I've known this man for a few years. Uh, he is a great priest. He's got a great heart, love for Christ, love for Our Lady, love for the church, love for the sacraments. I mean, he exudes it every time you talk to him. Uh, you, you should check him out on YouTube. And even he talked about this issue of why young people are so drawn to the tradition. And one of the points he makes in his little video was because the young people are sick and tired of the scandals. They're sick and tired of what they feel is manipulation. They, they're sick and tired of, of go along to get along. They're sick and tired of not calling a spade a spade. And then they just see within the tradition uh, an antidote to that. And uh, which, again, made me think of the question, well, okay, it's one thing to be drawn to that. It's quite another to really understand it. And I feel like within the traditional community, being a new member myself and my family, I wish there was like a traditional RCIA class you could go to. Like, what are the Ember Days again? One more time. And like, Mm -hmm. and when I first got my Latin Missal. I felt like I needed a degree in, in, in engineering to <laughs> yeah. figure out how to use that. Thing. I remember you coming yeah. into the, he came into the office and was, was like, 
I don't know how to use it. It was like reading the farmer's almanac. Like what? What's the barometric pressure outside? I got to figure out the 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 regular parts of the mass. I mean, it's like it was just so frustrating. And I feel like that's one of the concerns of people moving into the traditional. There's not like a there's not like a an introduction class uh, to go. What do you is this part of what you do on your podcast is to help people better understand this? Yeah, I would I would definitely say that that's that's part of helping a little bit. Uh, our podcast, besides just when we talk about like especially the culture of traditional Catholicism, yeah, we we do we do talk about missiles that we like to use. We do talk about um, what the traditional rosary looks like. Rudy made an excellent video on that, and so I, I do think that there is a great need, for, especially for a lot of Catholics coming in, because the Latin Mass is our is our birthright. Uh, it, you know, it's our home, and I think that a Catholic coming in nonetheless may feel lost with it and they might need a little bit of of coaching through um so just two little points on it first yes i do think that uh, our podcast tries to to help ease people into understanding uh the latin mass as well as understanding um the, the different sorts of parts of tradition and on the same time there are plenty of other youtube channels now that are rising up that will do an in-depth dive on how to use a missile an in-depth dive on the latin mass step by step but then the second part is uh is I think that for someone who is interested in going to Latin Mass and may feel overwhelmed, is again to really conform your prayers to that of the priest on the altar who's acting in persona Christi, right? It's really saying, God, I don't understand everything that's going on. And this is actually a great profound spiritual growth moment because I'm not in control here, obviously. And I might not understand, but I understand that what's happening is holy. And therefore, because it's sacred, I'm going to to, to pray that, that my prayers may be united in the holy sacrifice of the altar. And so I think that that's, that's also just a really great thing that it's going to help a lot of people who are new to tradition or maybe struggling to flip through the missiles every single time, which can be a little <laughs> annoying and confusing. I mean, just full disclosure, I don't always flip through the missile, you know, like I'll look, I'll look for the, for the propers, the different parts of the ordinary, but well, I've gotten I'm like, used to it and I actually love it. it now, but it was a learning curve. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do really love it. I feel like I'm more connected to the mass than ever before because of that missile, but it was yeah. a curve. I, I had to get over that. Emily? Yeah, I know this is one of the major things that is stopping people from coming to the Latin Mass is they don't understand it. The other thing, which I've heard from lots of people, is that there's there's this stereotype of the rad trad who is mean and judgmental and yes. prideful. Would you say that this is in any way accurate, and how do we remedy it? Well, I do think, uh, like with any community, there are some more uh, radical people and some people who are more... Uh, down to earth and approachable. Uh, there are some rad trads, but I would say that's that's very rare to run into. And going back to your last question about the missile and, and everything like that, um, my advice for a new person would be to just just go and experience it the first time and not worry about it. You know, just kind of go and see what the Latin Mass is about. And like with anything. Um, you know, the, the missile or uh, practicing music or something like that. Um, it just, it just comes with time. That experience comes with time. I, as Jordan was saying, you know, sometimes we don't even open the missile and, uh, you know, uh, you don't, you don't have to worry about being at the right spot at the right time. You just unite yourself to, to the mass. Uh, but yeah, there is a stereotype and, um, that's part of the reason why we created this podcast uh, and named it the Gladrat podcast, because we wanted to show a different side of tradition uh, that wasn't just a, a trope that most people had encountered or uh, have told stories about. Um, we like to show things in a positive light. And 
I think you'll find in many traditional communities that a lot of people, like the majority of people there are, are really welcoming and happy that you're, you're coming into the Latin mass. We're talking with Jordan and Rudy from the Glad Trad podcast. Again, we've linked to their podcast over at facebook.com forward slash GRN online. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time as well. Uh, just about two minutes left in our time with uh, with Jordan and Rudy. And I got to say, that is also one of the learning curves, too, was, you know, part of the stigma of the tradition, traditional community, it has been, you know, the the more uh, scrupulous nature of of that. And I have to say, especially in the confessional, I feel like the the, the access to confession on a more frequent basis uh, has been a, just a game changer for me and for my family. Two minutes left. What do you? Any insight there from your own perspectives on your journeys? Isn't it nice, especially so? Uh, isn't it nice that? Uh, Confessions usually happen a half an hour beyond half an hour before mass. And that's on the reg a lot of times with traditional communities. Uh, in fact, we have three priests out of Lady Mount Carmel here in Littleton. And what happens is one priest will say the mass, two priests will be in the confessional. One of the mm. priests from the confessional will get up for the homily and then they'll go back around. And it's just like, it's funny. You would think that, you know, one of the kind of the great uh, ironies is that for people that are supposed to be rad and more scrupulous and everything, which you do find their outliers, uh, there's a lot more people who are going to confession. Those lines are always at the door, even just on a low mass. And so I do think that, that yeah, that regular approach to confession, that regular approach to the mass, everything is really, really helpful, obviously, in, in the great spiritual growth and love that we can have for Christ. All right. We're just about out of time now with uh, Jordan and Rudolfo, uh, Jordan Pacheco and Rudolfo Carlos from the Glad Trad podcast. Thank you both for being on our show today. We're very grateful to Thanks you. Thanks for and having us. Good Thanks luck for on your us, podcast. Guys. God bless you. We'll God bless you. you. God love you. And uh, that's going to do it for Catholic Drive Time today. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.